The Mayfly is up and the excitement is palpable. Wherever you are in Ireland, the lakes and rivers are soon to be hatching with Mayfly soon. And to help you improve your catch rate this season, we've used a Mayfly Tactics Masterclass with international angler, guide and renowned tire, Jackie Mahan. If you want to learn about setup, tactics, conditions and flies, then head over to www.irelandonthefly.com forward slash masterclass where you can find out all the details to access the recording and Jackie's notes. If you want to catch that difficult fish or try out new tactics, then this masterclass is for you. Welcome to Ireland on the Fly, the podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. And on this week's episode, it's part two of the story of the railway fishery and how the old Ballyduff train station in County Waterford became the famous Blackwater Lodge salmon fishery. Whilst Dean Powell's dream of fishing the Blackwater became larger and more persistent, Glenda Powell too dreamt of a quiet life consumed with nature and angling. When I was nine, my uncle Michael died and he left me his fishing rods. And it was quite strange, actually, that he left them to me because, of course, I was a girl and he had many nephews to leave them to. But I used to love watching him making flies. He could see something in me at that time that was a little bit special. And he knew that I had some sort of some sort of love for the sport, even at that time, even though I had never fished. Before school and after school, I went fishing. And even, quite frankly, sometimes when I should have been in school, I also went fishing. It was just a passion. Glenda now settled on the Blackwater River and is one of Ireland's most experienced fly fishing instructors and guides. When I was 18 and I was still in school, I really didn't want to go to college and go on to be a nurse or, or, you know, a secretary. I really, really wanted to go fishing and to be able to teach fishing for the rest of my life. Now, when I told my parents that, I must say they weren't too enamoured. And, um, and I left home at 18 and I went to Scotland to try and follow this idea or notion that I had at that time. After spending a few years in Scotland chasing her dream teaching fishing, Glenda got a job writing for the angling section of Ireland's Life and Country magazine. One reporting job took her to the Blackwater, where she was overcome with its beauty and perfection. I can remember actually driving in my little beat-up car, um, coming down to the River Blackwater thinking, wow... You know, I've only dreamed about these places. I've seen all these places in the Trout and Salmon, like Delphi Lodge and, and the Blackwater Lodge and, and the other famous fisheries in the country. And and suddenly somebody is actually paying me to go and write articles about them and to stay in them. And I thought, well, this is just fantastic. You know, I've definitely made it now. And <laughs> so, of course, I arrived at the Blackwater Lodge and and went fishing for a couple of days. And I really absolutely loved the place. I had written a few articles before and been to a few different establishments and and everyone was very special. But there was just something really special about this valley, something really special about the people and about the lodge. And it's where I met met Ian Powell, my ex-husband, and and we had some good times there together at, at the lodge. It was something special. 
In fact, when I was leaving after my first trip, I wrote a poem. Um, I was halfway up, uh, halfway up the road, and everything that had happened at that time had came together. And I thought, oh, I just must stop and, and write something. And what I wrote at that time was something that I called "Earthly Utopia," and it goes like this: Imagine a dream, and in it, the Earth stands still. For time is of no importance in this place. Focus only on the rolling hills, the lush emerald trees, the scuffle of an otter in its search for food, the brilliant blue of a damselfly as it rests on a rush, the sunlight revealing the mating dance of the mayfly, a glimpse of silver and a splash as a salmon makes her way up river to spawn, sheer beauty as a wide river meanders to the sea. But this place is not in heaven, it is here in Ireland, the majestic Munster Blackwater, often referred to as the Irish Rhine for its sheer beauty and size. And as Shakespeare once wrote, may all your dreams become reality. I have been working on the river since, which is over 20 years at this stage. I go fishing still, um, and I really, really enjoy it. But I love teaching people. I love to see the enjoyment that they have in their faces and the excitement when they catch, you know, even a tiny little trout that's, you know, just just a few inches long. Or this year we, we've we had salmon over 22 pounds in weight. And I watched the lady catch her first ever salmon this year that was 22 pounds. Uh, we released it and it was just amazing to see the reaction that she had and the excitement and her hands shaking and my hands still shaking after all these years. It doesn't seem to matter to me. Every single time that I catch a fish or somebody else catches one, I still shake with excitement. line was built in 1882 uh, and it closed down in 1967. With the changing times the Irish rail system began depleting. Stations and trains that were once buzzing became desolate and eventually closed. The Mallow-Rossler line serving the Ballyduff railway station was pulled. Oliver Doyle, railway historian, talks us through the culling of local stations, which ultimately saw the closure of Ballyduff. There were far too many stations in, say, this side of the, the war, 1945 onwards, and there was a big culling of small stations. In, in the 1960s. Uh, now, Ballyduff didn't, wasn't one of those. It, it, it survived to the closing of the railway. But one of the things I did as a schoolboy in Bantry was delivered a telegram for my father to the post office uh, showing what time the morning train left at and the number of passengers. And it was always in single digits. And I knew even as a 
boy going to school that there was no hope for the railway there. And people uh, were beginning to travel by car and by bus and much faster. While pre-war train use was at its most popular, post-war a lot of these lines did not come back into use. The extensive service uh, pre the first war didn't uh, come back and there were just simply passenger trains uh, on the line with uh, an occasional goods uh, because a lot of the traffic had been lost to the road services. There was a seven o'clock goods out of Rosslare Harbour in the evening that, uh, and then there was a, a good service out of Waterford as well in, in the mornings. So they sort of connected. Uh, the, the, the goods would lie over in Waterford overnight. In the 1960s, there was really only two trains, uh, Rosslare to Cork every day. There was the Boat Express, which ran three days a week in the winter, uh, Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. And then there was a stopping train Monday to Saturday at 7.10 from Rosslare through to Cork. And then back in the evening, there was the um, express left Cork at 6.15 in the evening for Rosslare to connect with the boat. And then this, the stopping train had left Cork at 1.20 in the afternoon, all stops to Rosslare. But it was quite slow. And at this stage, buses and motor cars were taking over. Uh, Ballyduff closed in 1967 with the closure of the railway. Uh, in 1965, British European Airways, uh, now assumed into British Airways, uh, they started to operate a flight every day from uh, London Heathrow to Cork. And the fare was £55 return. Now, this was in comparison to about £14 return for a boat and train from Paddington to Cork return. But people said it would never uh, succeed. And eventually, uh, when people, the British European Airways introduced apex fares, which were about three quarters of the fare. And then the users of the fishguard Rosslare route, they realised that for uh, some extra money, they could save a day at each end of their holidays. And uh, they also didn't have the cost of food and route and, and rough sea crossings. And it was no length, two years, the airlines had wiped out the railway and it was just no longer viable and closed in 67. But that was not to be the end for Ballyduff Railway Station. Fast forward a few years and the same station, which was at the heart of the Waterford village for many decades, was to lend its limestone walls to another budding venture. Ian Powell's dream to own a fishing lodge had not wavered and his hunt for the perfect place began each month reading the classified ads in Trout and Salmon. Started looking through my usual bits at the back, the, the reports and the adverts, and what did I see but Blackwater Lodge for sale. 
at the time, the phone number of the lodge was Ballyduff 35. Eventually, I got in touch with the guy, by which time he, he said to me, well, I'm sorry, but it's already been sold to a Welsh couple. We got on very well, so I arranged with him that I would come over and spend a weekend. So I flew to Dublin. He picked me up, brought me down to the lodge. We went out fishing for a couple of, a day and a half. Um, so I was able to see the lodge, see the river. Although much like Glenda, he fell in love with the black water at first sight, the lodge left much to be desired. The best I could say about the lodge was it had a lot of potential uh, because it was a dump. As it stood at that time, uh, it was sold. But luckily for Ian, the previous offer fell through. So I came back over again and we started talking seriously and negotiating and I bought the place. The Blackwater Lodge became known as a centre for salmon fishing in Munster. Men and women came from near and far to enjoy the fishing treats of the river. The doors opened on the 31st of January 1986 and there I was knowing absolutely nothing about running a lodge, hotel as it was, uh, a bar, or a fishery. <laughs> From 1986 to the start of the 90s, the business grew very quickly. We invested a certain amount in it. We made a lot of changes, uh, improvements, um, and that was reflected in the number of people that were coming. I used to call it the complete Isaac Walton Angling Centre. So everything was there. Once you, once you got here, you didn't have to worry about everything. It was very much the fisherman's place. So you'd be sitting in here and you'd be hearing all sorts of stories and all sorts of silly things going on. With the, I mean, it would, it would all revolve around the fishing. It was a, a very good facility, uh, purpose made for people that were coming on fishing holidays uh, and was a real magnet for the area. It, it provided a lot of people coming into Ballyduff, spending money in the pubs, spending money in the shops. Um, I spent 30 years of my life taking it from something which was on its knees uh, up to something which was world famous. I mean, it was one of the most famous fishing lodges, certainly in Europe. Uh, and at one point we had 18 beats, fishing beats on the river, which was absolutely huge. I mean, we were by far the biggest salmon fishing establishment in certainly in Britain and Ireland and probably on the continent as well.
but unfortunately those 30 years of taking the Blackwater Lodge and building it into a thriving fishing centre took its toll on Ian. And in the early 2000s, the lodge took a hit. We invested everything that was coming in into improving the place and uh, instead of, as we should have done in hindsight, paying off the debts. So we ended up with more debts than than we should have had. Uh, And of course then in 2001, uh, you had foot and mouth, first of all. The euro came in. Both happened in the same year. So of course that kind of hit things a little bit, to say the least. And then in September that year, you had 9-11, which shook people to the core in terms of traveling. So all of those things hit uh, in the same year. We were closed down from February until May because of the foot and mouth, because there was no fishing whatsoever, no accessing across farmland to go to the river. That really hit us hard. And then we went into the recession, which whacked us again. When flights became cheaper and people were making more money in the boom times, fishermen and women began traveling to the likes of Iceland and Russia for holidays. Glenda Powell remembers the beginning of the end for the lodge. During the boom times, everybody had a bit of money and they went to different places. They experienced different things. They expected uh, more of their fishing and sometimes were quite disappointed when they came back to what I would consider kind of real salmon fishing in that where you might go for two or three days and not catch anything at all. Um, So people's expectations did change during that time. What's more, salmon numbers were becoming greatly depleted and the average age of a fisherman was increasing each season. The Blackwater Lodge was soon coming to an end. There's definitely less people fishing. The average age of a fisher person is increasing. It is global, however. Um, It's not even unique to Ireland. There are things happening to our salmon which we cannot protect. All of these factors combined and Ian decided his time was up. It was a gradual decline after that, but I mean, it was really kicked off in 2001 by everything that happened there. We had... uh, all sorts of fa- There was the economic factor, first of all. There was the marital factor because I was getting divorced at the same time. And there was the medical situation in that I had a cancer diagnosis, which left me and at that stage. I wasn't even sure if I was going to be alive coming into the following season. So I decided at that time, that was the time to stop. It was a very valued part of the economy of the valley and Ballyduff in particular. From that point of view, it was very hard. The times they were changing. And with the closure of the lodge came the closure of many shops as well in this little village. When I first arrived, Ballyduff was extremely vibrant. We had two shops, we had a post office, we had five pubs, can you imagine? And we we had a hairdresser and there was lots and lots going on, a very large hardware shop. It's changed a lot. We've found a lot of the shops have closed down and a lot of the people that once lived in a village uh, have moved and I felt maybe they had to move to, you know, to closer to the, the major cities around to find work. And especially the young people, I feel that the villages have lost a lot of its young people. Although the lodge isn't open now, 
Salmon fishing on the black water is still alive and well, and Glenda remains positive. The Blackwater still remains one of the best rivers in Ireland, if not the UK. And in fact, when I first arrived, people were saying, oh, you should have been here 20 years ago because it was brilliant then, you know. And I thought it was brilliant then. And to be honest, I still think it's brilliant now. Since its limestone walls were dug from the ground, the Ballyduff Railway Station has helped breed life into this little Waterford village. And decades later, after its closure, Ian Powell's dream of his very own fishing lodge has helped continue the cycle and breed life into the abandoned station. For example, the track bed as you go out of Waterford South Station has now got a tourist railway on it and a greenway. And station buildings have been used for all sorts of purposes, restaurants, dwellings, manufacturing. As for the Blackwater, Glenda is still under its spell. And with the decades past, the poem she wrote at the age of 21 still rings true. The birds are still here, the damselflies are still here, the salmon are still leaping, the salmon are still spawning, and everything that I wrote in the poem is, is still the way it is. The river, she keeps on twisting and turning, making her way to the sea over every obstacle. Goodness knows how much water has flowed past. She keeps going, keeps moving on, and the salmon may be in a decline, but she's still there, and she still goes. I always say there's no point worrying about the things you can't change uh, and you can't change what's gone on. It was great fun. Uh, I sit down with a couple of the gillies that live locally now and we talk about the great times that went on here because it was such fun to run in the time when it was really humming here. Thanks for listening to the Ireland on the Fly podcast and don't forget you can rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so you'll never miss a show. I'll be back next week with a fascinating interview with the prolific fly fishing history writer Andrew Hurd to find out about William Blacker and the lasting legacy and influence of the Irish on salmon flies in Britain and around the world. Mayfly is up and the excitement is palpable. Wherever you are in Ireland, the lakes and rivers are soon to be hatching with Mayfly soon. And to help you improve your catch rate this season, we've used a Mayfly Tactics Masterclass with international angler, guide and renowned tire, Jackie Mann. 
If you want to learn about setup, tactics, conditions and flies, then head over to www.irelandonthefly.com forward slash masterclass where you can find out all the details to access the recording and Jackie's notes. If you want to catch that difficult fish or try out new tactics, then this masterclass is for you.